Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Paige, she is probably the woman that I need, but not the woman that I wanted. Wanted versus needed, like, explain that to us. I think on paper, like, it's there, but marriage is more than just careers and money, you know what I'm saying? So, I... I'm not 100% attracted to her. Like, when I saw her initially, it was like, this is different from what I'm used to. But it, it doesn't mean that that's... Just because that's what I'm not used to doesn't mean that I'm saying that she's the opposite of being beautiful. That's not what I'm saying at all. She's different, that's all. Now, I think that she's beautiful in her own way. I, I think she's beautiful um, in her own way. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Let's talk some business before we get into the episode. First things first, there have been a lot of uh, playback issues in terms of the episodes. Here's the deal. I reached out to my podcast host and they were basically like, bitch, you're too big for us and we can't handle um, all the traffic. So they have decided to punish me. <laughs> Basically, what they told me is that they have a bunch of podcasts like on a shared uh, server, right? And basically, I'm the podcast on my server who is completely overloading the system. And because of that, they are, um, you know, taking away all of my freedoms and they are ruining my whole life. And they have decided to slow down the speeds 
uh, which affects the playback, I guess, if you're streaming or sometimes even with the downloads, I've heard that there were a lot of skips and stuff. It's not happening on my end. I really can't do anything about it. I would like to switch podcast servers, podcast hosts, um, but that's something that I need to look into because I basically already paid for the year, so I don't know what to do. I really, it's like setting up a podcast is hard work, but basically I think if I move to a new server, it's going to delete all of my old episodes and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to have to like, you know, if I upload them all again, am I just going to be ruining the server? Probably. So I'm basically going to find myself back at square one. So I don't know what to do about that. I could just go down to two episodes a week instead of three, which is what I think might be the most uh, uh, likely thing to happen. I really don't want to, you guys. So I don't know. I mean, if you have Apple Podcasts and you've been having trouble with playback, I would just suggest going back and re-downloading it. That seems to be the solution for everyone everybody who's reached out to me so um second thing audio yes i will be getting a new microphone i've heard you guys have a little bit of issue hearing it so i will work on volume for now (laughs) until i get my new mic uh thirdly good news i was on the last episode of by pumpkin princess my dear friend and colleague if you will is uh going she's recapping season two of real housewives of miami so we talked about a couple of the episodes it's a lot of fun if you don't listen to buy pumpkin do it she is incredible she talks about all the shows from yesteryear that you know you want to talk about now in this day and age of podcast recapping and there's nobody better than princess she's great um what else do we need to talk about no we can talk about the actual episode now so let's Oh, gosh. Um, okay. I don't... How do I say this? <laughs> it's been brought to my attention that one Lauren Burningham, a.k.a. Lala Kent of Vanderpump Rules, has decided to um, put her name on a book. I think that would be the most fair representation of what is going to be happening. I just have to read this... <laughs> Like, description of the book, I'm sure going to be nominated for a, a Nobel Prize in literature, uh, a Mark Twain award, if you will. Um, here's here's what's happening with Give Them Lala. The Vanderpump Rules bakeout star and provocateur brings her signature fast to the page with this collection of humorous and brutally honest essays exploring her rocky road to fame, sobriety, and beyond. David Sedaris, watch her back. What does give them Lala mean? It means giving the truest, most honest version of yourself to the world. It means being authentic, bold, and not giving a fuck what anyone says about you. Hollywood is where Loring Burningham, aspiring actress from Utah, fully embraced her alter ego as Lala Kent, Vanderpump Rules' resident troublemaker. Some say she's rude. Lala says she claps back. Some say she's volatile. Lala says she quotes, eat up, eats up the drama. Some say she's crass. Lala knows she's reality TV gold. Truth is, without giving them Lala, Lauren could have never become the woman she is today. Let's take a pause on that one. Um, 
The final paragraph goes on to say, in her debut collection of essays, Lala shares how you too can embrace the best version of yourself and never feel guilty for deserving more. As she lays us down her bumpy journey from suburban boredom to Hollywood glamour, she'll explain how women can and should feel just as free as men when it comes to sex, how sobriety saved her life and relationship, and how we should treasure, treasure every day with those we have. Excuse me. Treasure every day we have with those we love. Does anybody want to read this book? Uh, anyone? Anyone at all? Like, I understand that there was a market for Stasi and Kristen's books, and I could see why people would want to read that. But literally, who asked? a book from Lala Kent. What about her life is aspirational? Any? Can, can somebody explain that to me? Randy? Randall? Is what? <laughs> I just need answers. Like Randall's the goal. What is how you can escape? How old is she? She's not even 30 yet, is she? I don't want to hear anybody who's not 30. Like, you better be like fucking Malala if you're going to write a book before the age of 30. I'm not interested. And I don't think anybody is. And I, it's going to be sad when her book sells about as much as... You guys remember when Tyga came out with that album and it literally sold like 45 copies in the first week? <laughs> oh my god. It's going to be so sad and I feel bad for him. Her. But not that bad because, you know, I, I only have, I only have so much for her. I really do. Um, let's move on. I really don't have too much to say about this, but the Southern Charm Part 1 reunion came out. And things happened. I just, what stood out to me first when I finished the episode was, okay, I want to say that three to four of them were fucking zooted, right? <laughs> Allegedly. Should I say which ones? No, I feel like we're we're going to do like a, I'm just going to say that I think one of them was clearly drunk. One was on Coke. One was on pills. And one of them didn't talk, but I'm pretty sure that person was on pills too. And we'll, we'll come to see that. It felt a lot like Leva versus everybody. It felt like, um, Catherine was, um, back to her old self. We can say that, right? Um, of course the big bombshell or whatever you want to call it was, who is this MLB star, this very famous MLB star from Miami that Madison was allegedly hooking up with? Well, she didn't really deny it, did she? So apparently she was hooking up with. Craig was like a dog with a bone on Madison. It was very weird. It went too far. In the very beginning, as he's getting his makeup done, he's like, I am not going to stop until Madison cries within the first 20 minutes. I don't Craig is so interesting, right? Because he is like 70% of the time he's correct. And then there's this other time where he's just like an ugly human being. Like 
Why did he need to call Madison trash over and over and over again? Why? In defense of Austin? <laughs> Excuse me? I I don't, like, he had points that he could make, but then it's like, when you go so far and so low, it's lost on me. It really is. He seemed very upset about Madison hooking up with his married MLB star. The streets were talking that it was A-Rod. There were points to her being in a hotel in New York and posting it on Instagram. And he posted from that same uh, hotel, I guess the same day or within 24 hours, a refinery hotel in New York. I, well, first of all, A-Rod's not married. I think it's easy for people to get confused since he's in such a intense relationship with JLo, but he's not married. So that's one thing they kept insens- insisting that it, this guy was married. I had a conversation with my friends and you guys, I don't sports. I don't know, but shout out to you, Shira. You presented another theory, which is that perhaps the man is Johnny Damon. I hope that you guys know what team that Johnny Damon used to play for because I don't, but I do recognize the name (laughs) and I do recognize his face. I think she has, she might be onto something. He is married. He's based in Miami. He, I did some, some sleuthing. He is friends with Ryan Cabrera. Okay. Follow me here. Ryan Cabrera has a girlfriend. That girlfriend is friends with Craig. So, is it possible that this is how Craig is getting his information? Through Ryan Cabrera's own girlfriend? Ryan Cabrera still does his hair like that. And I know what you all, and you all know what I mean when I say like that. And that's sad to me. Like, is it more sad that Laura, that Lala's putting out a book or that Ryan Cabrera still is maintaining that, like, speed racer haircut? Hard to say. Hard to say. Um... Yeah, I just really don't have much to say about that. I don't like Catherine. Catherine seemed to be really lashing out at Leva and she seems upset, but it seems like she's not wanting to say, I'm really upset that you basically are calling me out for being problematic and racist. And she's trying to turn it into, you were coming at me for uh, Cameron on behalf of Cameron and the rumors about her husband cheating with somebody else because Catherine was the one who outed it more or less. Um, yeah, I, it wasn't working for me. She was trying real hard, but it was not working. Um, what else was there to mention? Oh, I just lost it. I'm not going to find it again, y'all. I just want to say that Austin is one of the most terrible human beings. He clearly has like some sort of rage problem. I do not understand the dynamic between Madison and Austin. I mean, I do understand it. Like clearly they can't stand to see the other one do well in or whatever they perceive to be doing well to them. And it's like weird if, to me, like if Madison is so quick to call Austin a beta and I think he is a beta but if she's so quick to call him that like I'll be damned if I'm following around some guy that I used to date calling him a beta bitch like what does that make you because you're the one following him that's embarrassing like if you think that he's such a second tier guy then why are you following him around why does he get you so angry 
Why do you feel the need to show out in front of him so much? That's what doesn't make sense to me about Madison. Austin just sucks. And it's like, I, I can make sense of that. He's just like a bad dude. I never, he never seems to be mad about the right things. First, I don't think that they really like each other. Like, their dating seems to be very contingent upon whether or not the cameras are up. And it doesn't even seem like they like fighting. Like, it just seems there's a lot of anger there. And it's not enjoyable. And I hope they know that, like, next season, y'all kind of move on. You guys really have to move on. Like, I can't do this. Um, Let's talk about, you guys, now we got to talk about Married at First Sight. I was just hoping to do a quick recap of the episode because I have coming up in an awesome conversation interview that I did with Dr. Viviana, one of the experts of Married at First Sight. But um, one couple brought so much content that I, I mean, I've written more about them than I write about most couples on, on the recaps that I, that I recap normally. And that's Chris and Paige. But before we get to Chris and Paige, let's just talk about everybody else. I mean, there really wasn't much to say about the other couples. It seemed very clear that, like, Virginia's eyeshadow had completely betrayed her. It's now migrated to under her eye. And that's sad for me because it's like this purple that really looks, you know, bruisey. <laughs> so it doesn't look great. <laughs> it's not a good look. Um the, there seemed to be a point where Eric realized, like, okay, Virginia is a lot more of a party girl than I'm used to, but she also seems very excited to hook up with me. So it, he seemed like a switch turn of like, oh, I think I'm going to get laid tonight. So I'm really into this. He seemed very excited, <laughs> like kid in a candy store excited. Um, what is okay? Haley and Jacob. And Chris and Paige were the two couples who got married. Not a whole lot to say about Haley and Jacob, mostly because Jacob barely spoke. Um, as Haley was getting her makeup done before the ceremony, one of the bridesmaids was late. And her other bridesmaid who was there was like, that's so weird. Like, you should really just write a whole book about being a bridesmaid by now. You would think that you would have a whole manual ready because, you know, you've been a bridesmaid over 14 times so you know because you're just like perpetually single you know remember <laughs> you're like our single friend um Jared, jacob's like he's chomping on a burger with no bun it's the cheeseburger with no bun asking his friends like what do you think might be a concern for my future wife about me and his friends really don't seem to like him very much <laughs> Because one of his friends was very quick to be like, oh, um, basically, you're way too into the 80s. You have all these inside jokes that people don't get. And basically, your sense of humor is trash. And Jacob's like, yeah, okay. Taking that all in. Jacob reveals that he has a fetish for women with a larger nose. That he's really attracted to Jennifer Aniston. Um, he's really hoping that she, you know, can... Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, accept all of his quirks, if you want to call them that. A guy who's too into the 80s is a big red flag for me. And I, it's not like he can't be a good person, but like, I don't think he can be a good person. 
and that's just my truth. I don't. Jacob really was giving us absolutely nothing. He looks like Matt Roloff, by the way. And he sounds like him, too. Like, he's got that nasally kind of voice. Y'all, look at a picture of Matt Roloff, the husband slash father from Little People Big World. <laughs> and tell me that I'm lying. He looks just like him. It's really wild. Um, really, the only thing... Jacob's loss was, like, completely... Charm was completely lost on me. He was really giving us Henry, like hard to pull out information, not really making eye contact, kind of uh, aborting every conversation with like, yeah, like not continuing. Like we're not doing an improv yes and responding back and forth conversation. He was really just like, like a brick wall, like a brick wall the whole time um, until they were taking pictures and he asked Haley, he turned to Haley and said a question that I honestly, truly, like, this is not a joke. I actually respect it. He said, which one of your bridesmaids is going to be the most likely to stab me? <laughs> and you know why I like that question? Because if so, a friend of mine's, if I was a bridesmaid and my friend's husband were to ask who would be the one most likely to stab you, it would definitely be me. Like, I know for sure she would point to me. Any friend, any friend that had me as a bridesmaid would know that I don't have any fear about stabbing a man if need be. Listen, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm saying I'm open to the opportunity at any given time. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, I, gosh, Haley really didn't seem into Jacob, but it seemed like she was really like, I got to stick with it. I have to, I'm just going to see what happens. She did not seem into him at all. She didn't want to kiss him during the pictures. She, they like barely got through their first dance together. And as soon as they did, she was like, oh, thank God. And like walked away from him. <laughs> I, it, Jacob seemed to be really adamant about telling everybody in her family about his real estate, his house, and his quirky 70s split-level houses. If nobody's been in a split-level house before, about the beach and the gym, the full-home gym and the sauna and all of, the, you know, the hot tub and the pool. And it's like, you know, I go shooting and whatever. Boring. Boring. It seems like he really has invested a lot of his personality into his home. And... You know, you can only be in a sauna for so long before things get dry. And that's, that's, you know, an analogy that I think Jacob should take with him the next time he feels like having small talk with somebody. People don't care about your house. They really don't. They really don't. <laughs> it's it's like telling somebody about a dream. Like, I, I don't care. You, like, a listen, but I'm going to forget as soon as you tell me. Is that really it? Yeah, that's really between Haley and Jacob. We, oh God, you guys, everybody, just breathe in deeply and breathe out. This was hands down the messiest interaction that I've seen between two couples this early. Slash maybe at all. <laughs> in all of my watching. I was shocked. So we start the episode on their wedding. 
you know, we're waiting for Paige to walk down the aisle. Chris has made it very clear that looks are extremely important to him and that he doesn't know what am I supposed to do if I'm not attracted to this lady? Oh God. Can you imagine the tragedy? Can you imagine? You guys, I don't, you know, take this with a grain of salt. No, I mean, you guys know that I'm a reasonable person, right? Like, obviously you want to be attracted to your partner and I'm not even going to begrudge him for looking like a patty. I'm going to start calling him patty melt. I've decided by the way. So I, because he looks like a patty melt in the face, like I can't sit here and say that you don't deserve to be with somebody attractive or that you don't deserve to have standards when it comes to physical attraction. However, there comes a point we're like, you have to let some of that go because it really seems like this is the only thing that he's invested in. And it's just like, as long as I'm sexually attracted to this woman, everything's going to fall in place. But it's like, A, have you even thought about like, maybe she doesn't like me or B, you know, like, what do you want in a woman? What do you want? What are you looking for in a wife? Because... I'm not really getting it other than like you want her to be hot and you want to fuck her a lot. That really isn't. How did he get through? Oh, speaking of how he got through. So we all know that Chris was engaged. I've been saying I want to know what exactly the timeline is with the engagement and with the process of filming Married at First Sight. Because it seemed like, even in the best case scenario, this would have been a really tight timeline for him to have broken up with this fiancé, gone through the process of signing up for the show, and then making it on the show. So, shout out to SoapDirt.com. <laughs> Gave us a little bit of the timeline, so here's what they said. Okay. Chris met his ex Mercedes. They started dating in October of 2019. By February 2020, Chris was engaged. He popped the question. The selection process for Married at First Sight began March of 2020. So, allegedly, Chris and his ex were dating throughout the selection process in the spring of 2020. Um, it seems like by June... They were very much still together and quarantined together. And filming started early summer. So to me, it seems very unlikely. It, it seemed like he started the show. There has to be some overlap between him starting the selection process for the show. And him making it, him breaking up and then making it on the show. It sounds a lot like he got engaged and then signed up for the screening process. You guys, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is very, very weird for me. Um, what else did they say? Okay. So there's also, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but anyway, the article goes on to say that the timing suggests that Chris was engaged at the end of June, 2020. And then he wed, he wed page on married at first sight by the end of August. So, yeah, doesn't sound good. I mean, there's a video of him on YouTube proposing, and it, I think it was like the day after Valentine's Day of 2020 or something like that. 
there's a huge overlap and it really doesn't add up. Yeah, nothing, nothing about that makes sense. Nothing about that makes sense. How did he get away with being engaged and living with this woman while he was still actively trying out for the show? It doesn't add up to me. It does not add up. Something in the milk is not clean about that. So let's go back. Um, Chris lays his items on page as she's walking down the aisle. And his first reaction is, oh, shit, under his breath. And then the, the smile, the kind of smile that is not a natural smile. It's a very forced, big apples popping out of the cheeks kind of smile of, oh, sit tight, buddy. This isn't good, but try to make it look like you're happy when you're really not. It wasn't good. And I, whew, flames on the side of my head because I'm thinking, again, patty melt. Paige is gorgeous. This man looks like a tuna, like an open face sandwich. So, like, who is he to be saying anything about anyone? Right? So, Chris's father, from the audience, from, you know, where everybody else, the guests, are sitting. He says, "Oh, she's gorgeous." Ugh. I'm I'm pointing this out for later. So, when it comes they go through their vows, what blah, blah blah blah. When it comes time for you may now kiss your bride, Chris is like, first he laughs. The first thing he does is laugh. And then he goes, "Do you want me to kiss you on the cheek? Oh, on the lips? You sure?" All right. It's like he was trying to negotiate his way out of even having to kiss her. And I'm fuming. Okay. Then they, you know, have their standard after the vows bottle of champagne. Let's get to know each other. Let's ask some questions. He gave her an infinity symbol piece of jewelry. I don't know if it was a necklace or a bracelet, but it was a piece of jewelry that had an infinity symbol. So Paige says, it's so wild that you got me that because I actually have an infinity symbol tattooed on my arm. And this turns into, do you have any tattoos, Chris? And he's like, oh yeah, um, I actually have this one on my wrist. It's a cross with a, um, a crown on it. And she's like, oh, that actually looks really like a fresh new tattoo. And so he's like, oh, actually it is. I just got it done a couple days ago because it's a cover up from the matching tattoos that I got with my ex. We got our names tattooed on our arms. So I just figured it was like probably time to cover it up. And Paige is like, okay. Mm okay <laughs> do you do you have dogs <laughs> just like then she she's like because i have a dog it's a morky and chris is like oh that's so weird because my ex has a dog and she's like is it a morky and he's like well it's a yorkie she's like great and then they get Paige in an interview and she's like i just feel like yeah He's talking about his ex-wife a lot, or his ex-fiance a lot. So Paige says to Chris, so, like, are we still holding on to some things, or have we closed that chapter with your ex? And Chris is like, well, you know, I was engaged a few months ago, to be perfectly honest. And Paige is like, okay, well, that's definitely a conversation that we need to have. 
back to Paige in the interview, she's like, it isn't a huge red flag that he was engaged, but it's a yellow one. And it it's a yellow flag that he was able to make such a commitment to somebody and then walk away. And I just wonder, like, am I going to be next if he doesn't like what he sees? So then we get the couples or talking individually with their family and their friends and Chris Sr., his father is like, let's just put it out here. Um, she has a nice shape. Okay. Beautiful banging body. And I love it. I need Chris and his father to be significantly less horny than they're presenting themselves to be on TV. It's weird. <laughs> and it only gets weirder. I could not believe in this. Re- I watched the episode twice and watching it the second time I was catching things horrified about what Chris Jr. and Chris Sr. said to Paige and that they completely did not think that there was anything wrong with the things that they were saying to her was mind-blowing to me. So Paige is talking to her friends and, you know, Chris Chris Jr. and Sr. are just laughing about how fat Paige's ass is. Paige is actually having a real conversation with her friend slash bridesmaid. She's like, you guys, I'm really worried about us not being compatible. She clocks it immediately. She's like, he didn't make any eye contact with me when he was reading his vows. He was looking down at the page the whole time. And they said something that I thought was interesting. Like, oh, well, you know, he was waiting for you for like hours down there. And they're like, well, let's hear more about that. Why was he waiting down the eye at the altar for hours? What happened? Um, she says, Paige says, you know, I just felt very disconnected. They do their photos and she's like, I can just feel again that he's not opening up. Like the vibe is not right. Something here is off. So then we get to their dinner conversation. This tends to be a time when I zone out. Because I just feel like, yeah, I mean, they're either setting us up for like a lot of chemistry or an awkward situation. I feel like it doesn't really have a whole lot of standing as to like the future of the couples. But in this case, I'm going to make an exception. So they're at dinner. Paige starts a conversation by saying like, oh, what made you move to Atlanta since you're not from here? And Chris is like, oh, well, I was homeless in South Florida. (laughs) And Paige's jaw drops like huh. And you can tell she's sort of looking around at the cameras and being like, where's Ashton Kutcher? Am I being punked right now? Dax Shepard, can you hear me? Anybody? Chance the Rapper? He's the new punked host, right? (laughs) Is Chance the Rapper around? Is there anybody with a hat with a three on it (laughs) that can save me from this? So... Then he he explains what happened. He's like, you know, I went to school for marketing or whatever he said. I got this entry-level job in South Florida, but it was only going to afford me the ability to have an apartment or have a car. So I decided to just live in my car. And then he says, one month turned into two, three, four, or maybe more. No, I'm good. Is it four or more? It sounds like maybe it was more than four months. I'm not going to knock anybody from being, you know, in a situation in which they don't have a stable, stable home. But it seems like for Chris, it was more of a choice. Like he would have rather had a nice car than a, an apartment 
to live in. And that is confusing to me. Now I get like, we all need transportation, but it just seems like his priorities were really messed up. Like you would rather people, you would rather your appearance be like, cause I'm sure it was like a BMW, right? He would rather appear outwardly to people that he has money, but then you're sleeping in your car at night. And that's just a real choice. That's a real choice when you have choices, right? Um, So then he's like, you know, I was really hustling down in South Florida. I moved to Atlanta. I got this job. And, you know, my first check was about $12,000. And she's like, okay. (laughs) You could tell she's not impressed by this situation at all and you can also tell that like because chris has been saying over the past few episodes that like all these women are into him for his money and that's all that it's ever been and they take advantage of him it's like okay well you're leading with this twelve thousand dollar check so maybe you're attracting exactly what you're trying to attract and then you're realizing that it's not working out for you chris and maybe that's something that you should be listening to Maybe it's not everybody, every woman's fault for being so, such a gold digger. You're putting that energy out there and you're attracting exactly what you're getting. So more on that later. Um, so then she asks about the ex and he's like, well, it's kind of a long story. Do you have time? And she's like, well, we're married. So yeah. I have all the time in the world. I definitely want to hear this story. <laughs> then he basically was like, he made the long story short anyway. And he's like, well, you know, we didn't, I didn't trust her. She didn't trust me. So are you a virgin? <laughs> Paige is like, no. Why would you think that? And he's like, well, I don't know. But just so you know, like, I'm a freak teacher. Ugh. Yucky. Yucky. Then he asks if she's affectionate. Then he asks if she has a high sex drive. She starts to say, like, I don't really want to answer that. But he's like, no, I answered all of your questions. Well, she wasn't asking about your dick, Chris. She was asking about your life. (laughs) Normal questions. And then she gives a classic woman answer of when I'm in an uncomfortable situation, but I'm just keeping the peace and being light and bright because... Who knows what kind of situation I'm in. I'm just keeping myself safe here. She's like, well, you know, when I'm comfortable, I can be very sexual with my partner, which means I'm not comfortable with you right now. Because otherwise I would have just given you a yes or no answer. The hits keep coming. Chris thinks he's doing something and like doing something that she's going to like. He says... You know, I fasted for three days this week and, you know, I purposely, you know, didn't masturbate so I could come in to this marriage with a pure mind and with pure motives. (laughs) And Paige says the only thing that you can say, and now we're here. And now look at you. (laughs) I'm married to you. Here we are. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> so then he asks, oh my God, I just can't believe he keeps going. Then he's like, do you use condoms? And she's like, well, actually, no, I don't. He's like, what? <laughs> now listen, people should practice safe sex. But given all the bombs that your ass just dropped, Patty Melt, I, I think we can su- we can ease up on the on the surprise here. Weird, really weird. Oh God, you guys. So then they break out. Chris is talking to the bridesmaids, Paige's friends, and you know he admits to them that he was just engaged, and they're like, "So what's up with that?" And he's like, "Are are you over it?" And he's like, "You know, there's a whole healing process, and it's complicated, and you know, I was really like." going through it there for a moment it's like how much time did he's really trying to act like he really took time for himself to heal and to move on it's like you guys were still together in june and you got married in august (laughs) oh jesus take the wheel for Paige and get her out of here (laughs) so her friends are good friends. They're clearly very concerned. They clearly see the red flags. One of them really was like, I don't fuck with this dude. I don't like it. I'm going to try and get to the bottom of everything that's wrong with him. She says in a talking head, like, I just feel like I wonder if he really is ready for marriage or if he's just trying to prove something. Great question, bridesmaid friend. Great fucking question. Um... Then he tells them, with his whole chest, that Paige is the opposite of what he's used to. That he's used to women that are super girly and that they expect to have everything paid for them. And, you know, she's not really like a trophy wife, that Paige. And her friend's like, no, she's a trophy wife. Like, she's aesthetically pleasing. She has her own. She's responsible. She's got her shit together. She's not looking for you to be paying for anything. She is a trophy wife. His idea of trophy wife and her idea are clearly very 
two different things. Very two, very much that. So he tells production that he that he really loves Paige body, Paige's body, and that she has a fat ass, as not a s s a z z. I don't know why we need to clarify that, but here we are. He then says that, you know, Paige and I had a really nice conversation after the vows. And, you know, I think that she's the woman I need, but not the one that I want. And all the bridesmaids are like, what does that mean? (laughs) So then we get Chris alone. And he tells production, so I'm not 100% attracted to Paige. And when I saw her, I'm like, oh, shit, she's different than what I'm used to. He's like, it's, it's not bad. Like, she's beautiful in her own way. He keeps saying she's beautiful in her own way. He's like, she's not unattractive. She's just, like, not what I'm used to. A lot of the streets, a lot of the Twitter streets assumed that Chris was probably a colorist. And that was my assumption, too. That maybe he, because Paige is dark-skinned, that maybe he had a preference for lighter-skinned women. I can say that I saw a picture of the ex-fiance, and she was as dark as he was. So I guess we can blow that out of the water, but there are a lot more flaws that we can hand to with old patty melt. So, you know, I'll I'll check one for that, but check several for the other side. Oh my God, this man is a nightmare. And then we find out why, because then we get Paige sitting down with Chris's parents, his mom, who seems to be far more well-adjusted and seems to be the only adults in that family. Um, she says, you know, I just really want you guys to get to know each other and, you know, don't feel like you have to rush on having a baby. Get to know each other and lay a foundation. You know, don't listen to what my husband said during his speech at the dinner, which is like, I'm ready for little Chris the third or Crystal. I'm ready to have a baby, you guys. Chris Sr. Chris Sr. Chris Sr. side has the hell out of her, his own wife when she said to just get to know each other and not have babies. Why is Chris Sr. so invested in having grandchildren? It's getting weird. So what the hell was this, you guys? Chris Sr. starts off by saying, you know, Chris works long hours and when he comes home, he's exhausted. So he wants the touch of his wife. He wants to be intimate with his wife. And you don't want this to be like once a month. You want to be pretty consistent because, you know, when he's out there and he's working, he's giving so much, he wants to be able to come home and receive that back. Do you know what I mean by being intimate? And Paige is like, yeah, I think I do. I think I do. Puke. (laughs) Puke. Puke. I imagine having a conversation with your father-in-law and he's basically saying like make sure that you take care of my son sexually and often what what (laughs) and on top of that you just met both of them oh kill me Anyway, you guys, let's end the episode with this incredible conversation that I had with Dr. Viviana. She gave a lot of insight into the workings of the show. It was a great conversation, so I hope you'll stick around. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.
I love you. Welcome to a very special interview that I'm doing with one Dr. Viviana Coles of Married at First Sight. Hi, Viviana. Hi, how are you, Kara? I'm super excited about this. Um, I think you have a great sense of humor, and so this is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. This is what it, you know, thank you. I will be Venmoing you later for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about your journey with Married at First Sight. What was, what's your origin story? Because you entered in season nine. What, were you a fan of the show? You know, I didn't follow it nearly as closely as I do now, (laughs) but I was definitely aware of it. I remember watching season one um, back when I probably wasn't at all very much interested in um, in kind of the drama of marriage because I was at that point in the middle of my career as a marriage and family therapist. So the idea of then watching it as entertainment and watching like the the ups and downs of marriage uh, on TV on my free time wasn't something that was as appealing now because I see, I know the backstory. I know what's going on. I know their hearts. I know all that. I'm like super interested and invested. And so what I ended up doing at the time that they asked, uh, it wasn't even so much that they asked me. I went to them because I had about two years where I had different production companies asking me to help them to kind of pitch new show ideas for relationship series and nothing ever came of it, but it got me thinking how cool it would be and how interesting it would be and how different it would be to use my skill set on TV and to help like a really, you know, much wider audience than the people that are just across from the couch from me. Uh, And now virtually I can see them from all over but at the time it was very much limiting to the people that I see in my office so now to be able to possibly help them on a national or even global scale that was kind of intriguing so I thought you know what I'm gonna see which quality reality tv shows um there are out there and which ones and and who produces them so that's how I found kinetic content they stood out because their series were so real um, mm-hmm. didn't feel at all like, you know, cheesy or scripted and they just, they don't have that reputation. And fortunately, and now I know that it's all, it's all real there. It's all authentic. Um, but I reached out to them. I reached out to their casting department. I said, Hey, this is who I am. I'm a doctor of marriage and family therapy. I'm a certified sex therapist. I'm licensed. I do this every day. If you ever need an expert, think about me, consider me. And the next day, I remember speaking to Keegan um, and he was like, yes, please. Can you jump on a call? We'd love to talk with you. We checked you out and you seem legit and we really want your expertise. Let's see what we can do. And it took two years before there was an actual opening um, for a show. When they called me, I remember being in bed with my husband and then our two kiddos and we were watching TV and they're like, okay, are you available? I said, I sure am. Let's talk. (laughs) And that was it. Like I was, I think from that point, I was probably on a plane a couple weeks later shooting season nine. That's awesome. And a real testament to like, go out there and go for what you want and see what happens. Yeah. Don't wait for things to happen to you. If you feel like you have something to share with the world, somebody out there needs your help. So yeah, definitely reach out. 
Yeah. Did you have, once you like started getting into the process, did you have any, like, was there a point where you were like, okay, I'm not sure about this aspect. Like, did they have to convince you or like, what was that moment you were like, okay, I know that this is like a good fit for me. This is going to be a good program of people who take this stuff seriously. It's so funny you say that because I was actually, and, and still continue to not be concerned about the process. I actually really adore the process. If nice. anything, I was more concerned, can I be on TV? Like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't go to school for it. I never had aspirations. Right. How can I do what I do in, and just do it in front of a bunch of cameras? Like, I, I, I sweat a little even just thinking about it. <laughs> um, it's unnerving, to, to say the least. But mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate that with Kinetic, when we're, you know, when they're producing, they're, they like kind of fade into the background um and they just allow me and the people that I'm on screen with to feel like we're just doing what I would normally do in my office so that makes me feel really at ease because my goodness if they were stepping in or saying like hey could you turn your face this way I'd be like oh gosh okay yeah I had just forgotten you were there and now you're back but um that definitely helps a lot right okay okay well um so Talk about like the involvement with the matching process. Like, what at what point do you step in, and you and the ex- other experts? Like, how involved are you guys in that process? Okay, so we get thousands of applications, but that mm-hmm. does not mean that <laughs> Dr. Pepper, Pastor Cal, and I are right. you know, sequestered in a room going through all thousands of applications. My goodness, especially with two seasons a year. That's yeah. not possible. We're so fortunate that we have um, dedicated casting that helps weed out and pare down to something that we can actually work with, which is mm-hmm. more like hundreds, not thousands. Um, thankfully, <laughs> that that would be that would just be wild. That Maybe. and I would probably want everyone to get married, <laughs> so right. we'd have like two thousand couples. No. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we we kind of step in when there are more like hundreds, and then that's when we get to start uh, meeting them via virtual visits. We also then meet them in person, and then based off of what the three of us think and what we learn about them through everyone who's been involved, everyone who's met them, had a touch point with them, we take all of that information, and then it's the grind. Then Mm -hmm. it's the part where we're like, okay, this is getting serious. Let's really start to look at more than just them as individuals. Let's look at them as potential matches. And right. something that we all are very aware of is that even though an individual can be just so amazing and we'd want them to marry our best friends, it doesn't mean that we're going to find the match for them. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had a lot of that. We've had a lot of that where we find people who are just out of this world. We think like, why are you still single? All right. the while very realistic and knowing that there probably is a reason that they're single (laughs) perfect they haven't haven't been able to figure it out Mm, but then we get to a place where they do psyche valves multiple rounds of that they do the questionnaires that go so deep you know a lot of our applicants uh will say over and over again like i've learned so much about myself i have never thought about this aspect of who i am in relationships and in my personal life and even just this process has opened me up so much about being vulnerable and open and maybe making some changes. 
So mm-hmm. even just the casting process can be cathartic for some people, whether they get matched or not. And this right. happens over the course of months. So I get a lot of a lot of DMs with people saying, can we see more of the process? Tell us exactly what's going on, you know, behind right. the curtain. And I'm like, well, it's kind of boring to watch. <laughs> it's just a lot of phone calls, late nights. Um, Pepper, Cal, and I are like going constantly back and forth for months and months and trying to keep everybody straight and, you know, all of that. Um, it would not make for compelling television. That's why I think the matchmaking special at the beginning of every season is just so important for for viewers who actually care about, you know, who the couple is and how they came to be. I really mm-hmm. encourage you to watch that matchmaking special because it gives a lot of information. Now, look, you're never going to get all of the information because, again, that would be boring. Right. Um, that, and, and we can't possibly know every single thing about who this person is going to be as a married person. We try to do our best to get to know who they are as a single person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, we don't get to see who they are as a married person until you do. You know, at it, the same place, we get to see them as a married person after they get married, just like you do. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that people really have a tough issue with uh, reconciling, I guess would be the right word. Like we're seeing everything at the same time. And so, you know, there might be things that you guys don't catch or whatever, but we'll we'll talk more about that later because I'm sure you get a lot of questions about that when people don't, you know, couples don't necessarily end up having their happy ending. I'm sure there's a lot of like defense that happens, but again, we'll talk about that later. Um, In terms of going back to like the process along the way of filming, how involved are you guys? Do you guys get like a daily wrap up of what's going on with the couples or the individuals if they're having their individual issue or like, what is that process like? Yes. So we get daily updates on each of the couples. Sometimes some couples have longer summaries than others, <laughs> but but we always hear about every single couple. Um, and then on, on top of that, you know, we have nonstop threads that are going back and forth. You know, okay, what's going on here? What's going on? What do you think about this? Who, who needs to make this call? Who's available to meet? You know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's a full-time job, right? Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, the daily, and it's so important. Let me tell you, if we didn't get them daily, we would miss out on so much and we wouldn't even be able to help them currently because we'd be behind. Whether they worked through something or swept it under the rug, we'd be behind. So yeah, they they definitely give us daily updates. If there's something that's like particularly dramatic, like a blow up or a fight that happens, do you guys get that footage along with the information? Like if that's necessary to really get the full context or do you not get footage we no we don't get the footage the reason being is all of the um i'm learning about cameras and stuff but all of that it by the time it's downloaded the fight has already passed like mm-hmm. it, i don't know if it's hours or maybe a day or 48 hours or it happens at the end of the week but the footage itself it's not like it's being streamed into like right now you're recording this you can hear it back as soon as it's right. done but that's not the way it works with camera footage so no we don't get footage we do get a play-by-play and um usually it's on like a four or five way call with everybody who's who is there to witness it and to give us 
you know, the play by play. And, you know, it, um, I'm like, I get sad just thinking about it because those calls are really tough to get and to hear. Um, and it's, it's a lot, I would say it's a lot like being a parent when you hear that your kids are going through something, but you can't be right there with them. Right. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people can probably relate to that right now, but yeah. So those, those are tough times, but they definitely happen. Um, fortunately, it's not like every day, thank goodness, but it does happen. Is it hard to be, if you see that like one person in the couples maybe causing more of a dust up than the other, is it hard to remain neutral? No. <laughs> oh no it's not neutral because we're on the side of the marriage mm-hmm. we're not taking sides with the people we right. if if they they came to us because they want to have a healthy marriage so we're as professionals we're able to look at what each of them can contribute to the health of the marriage um, I take it I take that very seriously I do it on a daily basis in my private practice so it's kind of hard to I wouldn't be able to switch that and, and all of a sudden just be like Okay, I'm siding with her. You're doing this all wrong. That mm-hmm. said, there are times where you can't avoid that somebody is um, really messing up. Like, right. really, like they are deteriorating in front of your eyes, you know, they're devolving. And so, taking them aside and giving them kind of holding the mirror to them is all we can do, you know, mm-hmm. just like with real life we you can't make somebody do something you can't make somebody not do something um i think a lot of people forget that when they're watching as we're all screaming at the tv (laughs) so invested and and think that my goodness maybe they'll hear me and change their behavior well welcome to my world but as a therapist i'm used to that i can give all of what I believe is the sound advice. I can even get them to explain to me what they want to do and they have a behavior plan and then they decide whether or not they're going to take it or whether or not they're going to take their own advice. Yes. I, I mean, a lot of people, I put out a call to people to ask questions and a lot of, you know, a name that came out quite a bit was Michael of Mika and Michael. And I think that was a perfect example of you guys can try and they're, many times where he seems like he understands that maybe his um um bending of the truth if you want to call it that was was an issue and it seemed like he recognized that but again you're right like you can only do so much you can lead them to the water but you can't make them drink not only that but then you get someone as devoted and committed and headstrong and just like really wanting marriage as mika Mm-hmm. And then it really doesn't go the way you would think a straight line would need to go, right? Then it's right. again real life. People have emotions. I mean, these are these are not characters. They're they're real people trying to navigate this. Who knows? Just like in real life, who knows what's going to be around the corner? Will there be a turn? Will things right. change? I want to give you a shot. I want to give you a chance. And in this situation, like being married at first sight, it's so important that people don't just give up. But at the same time, when you have evidence over and over and over again that this is not working or that you're the only one working, that's Mm -hmm. when we step in. That's when we can say, look, this is what we think needs to happen. But, you know, fortunately, they're, they're afforded the opportunity along the way, but for sure, 
eight weeks down the road at decision day to speak their truth and make chance, you know, make choices that will, uh, that will work for them. Right. Do you find that being on TV can sometimes add to the difficulty of making a relationship work? Like now I'm thinking of Brandon and it seemed like we more than any other cast member got a lot of fourth wall breaks with him and his dust-ups with production. Was that frustrating to watch? Uh, it was super frustrating to watch <laughs> because, yeah. because production, like I told you, they fade into the background. Absolutely. Everyone knows that it is not a um, security camera footage kind of show. Mm-hmm. There, or else people would just be sitting there on their phones, like we probably will at least an hour or two today, and nobody's going to learn from that, right? So they right. will say, "Hey, you know, talk. Maybe I'll need to talk about finances. How about that? Or how do you feel about meeting your in-laws?" But with someone like Brandon, it seemed like he had this chip on his shoulder, and he was always waiting and suspicious of what Mm -hmm. production was due. Honestly, there's a whole lot there that I still don't understand how or why it happened. Um, I I tell you that based off of what I know, they showed the, they they broke the fourth wall because his behavior would not have made sense. Otherwise they have to tell you the full, like they want to tell you as much of the story as possible. And so and it happened so often. It was like, oh, okay, you know what? <laughs> it's one thing for me to turn and be like, okay, did I say everything that I wanted to come in here and say? Do y'all remember my notes? It's mm-hmm. another thing to like attack somebody or, or, you know, or be verbally just fly off the handle or, or walk out. Like, how do you explain a walkout? Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> yeah, that is very interesting. And yeah, Christina, we could see was talking more about what you you were just talking about where it seemed like she was having a difficult time having these conversations because, you know, there obviously are going to be points where you guys are going to have to talk about a subject or an issue happen and seemed Mm -hmm. like she was very uncomfortable with that. And I found that very interesting. Well, having gotten to know her, um, I have a different perspective on that. I think for her, she was just tired of, feeling like, you know, she was the only one initiating these conversations. Now, at that point, I can't remember how long into the marriage it was. I'm sure it was just in the first couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. based off of the Henry that I know, who, um, I guess, the Henry as a single person, or the Henry who's talking to somebody he's not married to, those yeah. are two different people. And I think she finally was like, well, wait a minute, why is it that you can talk to everyone else? Right. But then when it comes to me and, and I'm sure, you know, it comes out with, well, I want to continue to work on us. So let me get frustrated with production. And mm-hmm. you know, how sometimes we have, we have a uh, gripes and complaints that we air as if it's about something else, but we know we're really talking about the person in front of us. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because we did see two very, we did see an evolution of Henry, if you will. Like the man that we saw at the beginning was very different from the man at the end. He seemed a lot more confident, a lot more expressive in his emotions. I liked Henry a lot, but I I could see on both ends where the frustration would lie. Sure. Yeah. And again, I wasn't there with them every day living with them. So 
And of course, this was at the beginning of a pandemic. And, right. and, and people with already, people who have anxiety, people who don't have anxiety were experiencing high anxiety. Sure. Yeah. And I wonder to talk more about that, like when you guys found out that they had essentially halted production, what was that time period like? Because they got a whole extra month, right? The couples? Yes, they did. So, um, <laughs> no, they got an extra two months. Yeah, okay. okay. Two months. Wait, my only, my uh, visit to them was the last one before things shut down. Okay. Funny because, you know, from the beginning of my visit to the end of it, it went from, have you heard about this thing? To, mm-hmm. hey, this is happening. And um, it, I mean, literally over the course of 24 hours, things changed in all of the U.S., but especially in New Orleans. So yeah. safely got back home, thank goodness. And uh, we were, <laughs> we didn't know. I mean, I have been on since season nine, but, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper's been on since season one, Pastor Cal since season four. They've never experienced anything like this. If anything, right. production has amped up. There's been more seasons per per year. So for all of this to possibly shut down and they're married um, and right. life goes on because they're actually still married and living together. It was right. very scary. And I am so thrilled and, and really proud of the way that kinetic content was able to shift and figure it out. And, you know, and make sure that it happened in a safe way, because that was the other thing. I mean, we know how dire COVID is. And there was no playing around with that. There was no, well, let's just see what happens in a week or let's try to fit in. No, it was like done and done. So what was the access like during that down period? Did they have access to you guys? Because we really only saw about an episode and a half of the shutdown. Yeah, I was actually looking forward to seeing more from that time, but yeah. I don't have anything to do with editing. I was like, give me more, give me more. Um, you know, and for me, two and three hours still isn't enough. So I'm one of those people who just wants to see everything. Mm-hmm. But um, although I'm knowing that it's just not possible unless you had a 24 hour live stream, which, hey, maybe uh, maybe take- that for like 20. 51. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's like this idea that, um, that we weren't there just because they don't see it. Uh, mm-hmm. if you follow me online on Instagram, I'm always posting behind the scenes stuff. And that includes visits that were never aired. You know, um, <laughs> there are outfits that have not been seen <laughs> that I enjoy. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- th- we definitely had access to all of them. I, you know, I know myself, I spoke to them at least four or five times, not every single couple, four or five times, but, you know, um, just as needed. And fortunately, I get to share the responsibility and share the participation with the other two experts. So we we divided and conquered over that time and uh, did as much as we could. Some right. things were recorded, some things were not, you know, sometimes we're like, we don't care if it's recorded or not. Like if they can't get um, if, if they can't, for whatever reason, get it to where it can be recorded, we'll still see them anyway. Cause the whole point is to give them guidance. We don't right. care if it's aired or not. I mean, obviously I would love for it to all be aired and documented, but it's just not going to happen all the time. And we're fine with that. So are you guys able to have more interaction? Cause I know like I grew up in Georgia. I know the, the COVID rules are a little bit more lax than other states. Are you guys able to have more interaction with the couples this season? 
Um, so I don't know that anything would be different if we were doing this in any other state because the what what we're doing on set seems like it's as it's like as uh, I don't know what the word would be as like sanitary as possible. I, I in other words, I don't know that there's anything more that we could do or if there are guidelines. All we're following all of the guidelines plus some. Believe me, I have experienced the physical discomfort of some of what I think could be overboard, but okay, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> keep everybody, keep everybody safe. Uh, whether or not it, it, you know, makes me uh, ruin my makeup and tears. But um, yeah, I, I'm. I think we're doing everything that we possibly can, and it really probably couldn't be any different if we were in a different state. Good. Okay. So when it's filming or when when the show is airing is it difficult because you have to you're obviously like ahead of us but is it difficult to not say too much and if you know that a couple is like if you see a couple where people are like what is happening with these two and <laughs> people don't generally yeah. like that is it difficult to defend or not spoil or say just like watch what happens if you know that things end up on an upswing with them or to just not be like you know because it's almost like like you said like it's your children and you want to defend them how do you deal with the online chatter i actually have very little problem with that just because i'm gonna defend them whether they made it or not so okay. like it, it i don't really give away anything because if somebody is being harassed, bullied, um, or if I feel like, for I guess, for instance, I, I don't often, if ever, comment on some of the madness that happens on social media. But if I feel compelled to, it's not because I think, oh my gosh, these, you know, nobody knows what's really going to happen or watch hmm. you know watch them eat their words no because sometimes when i've commented they didn't work out <laughs> so it's definitely not going to give anything away but it's more about just reminding people as somebody who is a mental health clinician just reminding people that there is a mental health component to the commenting i have zero problem i think it's fun for people to to put their predictions out there to even comment on what they they're, see, they're seeing and thinking, it's when it goes to a place of, you know, let me berate their parents about their upbringing and let me, and this is, you know, so they don't even, they've seen them for what, maybe an hour, everyone, yeah. I don't know. It's just when I feel like it's, it could only get worse. Uh, I, I feel like I have to step in, but I mean, I am, I'm all for the chatter. I think it's so fun. It's gossip. I mean, come on, right. that's fun. <laughs> Especially with when you have five new couples to discuss and to give your first impressions on. It's just that there's a line. And I think for everybody, the line is different. And my line, it, it maybe my bar is a little lower and mm -hmm. I want to make sure, or maybe it's higher. I don't even know. I don't know what the scale is, but I just feel like man, these people put themselves out there. And, and remember, editing is totally separate. So it's not like yeah. they, they just live their lives during this time. We just do our jobs during this time. We don't know how it's going to look. We don't know what, what the, the um, 
every episode is going to look like. We don't know. We do know that whatever it is happened. (laughs) So that's kind of nice. So I I don't know. I I don't feel like my defending them um, gets in the way of the process or anything like that. And and the truth is, you know, once I do it once, I get it out of my system and I move Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, it's like everything else is just in one ear and out the other. Right, right. That makes sense. So after Decision Day, you know, I, I love, part of the reason why I love this show is the online community. It seems like more than other shows, people really want to talk in real time as the show's airing. And I really like to see people's thoughts and opinions as it's happening. I've seen, I think it's so fun. So fun. More fun than a lot of the shows that I watch. I'll, I'll be honest about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, after Decision Day happens, you know, people have their opinions on the couples who don't make it. So is there any couple that you want to say like, yeah, it wasn't good, you guys? <laughs> or is it just subjective? Um, well, I, I will say that, I mean, it's, it's obvious that there are couples that don't work out and sometimes they don't work out and it's like, okay, you know, it, it didn't work out. It's sad. It's always sad. Um, it's somewhat disappointing because, of course, we go into this making matches that we think are pretty darn solid. Um, so if it doesn't happen, it's definitely disappointing and sad for us the, as the experts for production as well, but then also for the individuals and their friends. who They've now, you know, kind of created this mass family. It's, it's you know, right. disappointing that everybody gets there happily ever after through this process. Um, but I think what a lot of you know, you were talking about reconciling, reconciling Mm. couples that don't work out, reconciling matches that don't work out with Matt, with there being bad matches, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I, I still don't understand how to word it so that people understand what I'm trying to say. Right. On paper, which is what we're doing. We're blindly matching people on paper we believe in our matches. We do this because we believe in our matches. Do some of them not work out? Of course. But I will tell you since season nine, we've doubled our success rate in the past, you know, uh, four seasons or three. I don't even remember what season we're on. Um, (laughs) We've doubled, you know, in the past four seasons, what, what happened in the previous eight. So you're like, we're getting better. Are we, are we done? Are we like, yes, okay, we got this. No, because every individual is different. Every right. city is different. But we truly believe in our matches. And on paper, they're pretty solid. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So, 
I guess if there maybe it's a better question, are there any individuals that you feel like maybe not uh, that it's the fault of you? you like, you know, <laughs> are I you asking like, if we've been duped? Um, <laughs> sort of. I, I personally know that I have felt duped. Yeah. By, okay. by certain people. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I, it's, it's human nature. I get very upset about it. I'm like, why do this? Why lie to yourself? Lie to us, lie to everyone around. Why do all that? If, if you know that you're not truly in a space to try to get married. Yeah. (laughs) Or if you know that you have to have everything a hundred percent in your life in order to work it this is not for you mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're gonna have enough trouble with being married on your own and and make calling your own shots like married yeah. at first sight is not for you so yeah that I mean but it's one of those things again where as a therapist everything makes sense in context do I like it no right. but can I begin to understand it over time yeah you know I call with Zach of Zach and Mindy you were and I deservedly so I was 100% behind you a little bit firm with Zach and I did it was it frustrating to deal with him as it seemed to be because I would have gone off on him about episode two but you kept it very cute and (laughs) I for that because I I couldn't be me tell you it does take a lot of restraint at times especially depending on how much coffee I've had or not had um it does take some restraint but you know that's where my therapist training comes in you know I'm not going in there like hey I'm your, let, let's chat like girlfriends or I'm like your your aunt like no I I'm in there as a professional you know and so um I'm often able to kind of translate that into the room but it was very frustrating. Let me tell you something about him. Please. What, what happened, I think the most, dis, not disappointing, the most frustrating part about talking to Zach is that when you talk to him, okay, I'll say when I talk to him about anything other than his marriage to Mindy at the time, I don't know what it would be like now. I don't have contact or anything. Um, it was like, totally normal everything was like go with the flow he's super charismatic nice guy can be funny jokey um smart you know all those things but when he talked about his marriage and what was going on in his relationship it was like a bomb went off in his brain that that's what it felt like talking to him yeah and I can't go up to somebody on tv and be like or not even on tv I just wouldn't do it in general I can't go up and be like what's wrong with you what's going on? Why are you, you know, like, are you lying? Like, what's going on? No, like, that's just not me. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm noticing a pattern. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine until we start talking about him and his wife, and then he freaks out. (laughs) Yeah, and and it's very frustrating to watch him, because it seems like when people would talk to him, he, it seemed like he was sincere about taking it in, but then his response was very, on another planet and I just don't know what's happening <laughs> between the the ears and the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the other part of that is if you're very conscious of the TV aspect and the documentation aspect, that can mm-hmm. happen. Right. Right. And that's why I think it's so important that it's like 
you, I don't know how anybody can prepare for something like that or some, you know, a process like this when it comes to that part. But I think for him, it was just a matter of being conscious of like how he was going to maybe come across. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Just be yourself. (laughs) And I'm sure production told him that a million times. I, I would, I would, yeah, (laughs) I'm getting frustrated just thinking about him. (laughs) Let's just take a deep breath. (laughs) Yes. Um, So what I have caught on to is that it seems like the problem child, if you will, every season seems to be the men. Why do you think that is? Like in the past few seasons, it's like we get a Brandon or a Michael or, you know, Brett, Zach. Why do you think, do you feel like the men just have walls up and they don't, they have a trouble with being vulnerable more than women or should I not be gendering this (laughs) um I mean if we are going to speak in generalities I think what's happening is that when we're talking to these men and women but specifically to these men who have been single um or who have been marriage-minded they have the experience of having women who want to be with them Mm-hmm. And they have the illusion of choice. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens is they start to think, well, I don't need to quote unquote settle or work at something because there's somebody else right around the corner who will date me, sleep with me, possibly marry me if I wanted to. Right. And so we- I think, unfortunately, some of the singles, um, singles who turned into husbands maybe in the process found something they didn't like and maybe switched off that. I, I don't know for sure. I'm not like in their heads or anything, but that's what I would say is maybe the difference between some of the women and men. Whereas with the women, I feel like they're much more likely to like turn their lives inside out to see if they can exhaust every option to see if it'll work before mm-hmm. checking out. Yeah. I, I definitely remember Brett after the breakup with Olivia, him telling his friend, like, I can just go right back on the dating apps. Like it's no problem. Do you worry about dating apps and having that like access to women or that perceived access to women of like, if I can't, if this doesn't work out, there's another one just to swipe away. Do you think that's damaging to our culture? I think it certainly has changed the way that people think about making an investment in a long-term marriage because mm-hmm. they, that, and you know, marriage isn't the end all be all, you know, it's not like everyone has to get married in order to live a fulfilling life. Right. So you get the opportunity and options that are out there. Plus seeing that, you know, if you're not married, it doesn't mean, you know, or it just doesn't mean your life is over. Like you can absolutely be amazing and have an amazing life. This is very specific for people who want to be married, who mm-hmm. want that in their soul. It is really, that's what they consider the pinnacle of relationship um, success, I guess. And yeah, I, I think it can help a, a big part of the, of our population to, to think that there's just somebody right there you know, who's going to have whiter teeth or who's going to communicate more openly or who's Mm going to have better sexual skills. But that's not, I mean, for the most part, people can only be married to one person (laughs) and it's going to take work. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. So the, to end this on a high note, my second most <laughs> popular question is like the wardrobe girlfriend, where do you shop? You are like queen of accessories. I can't wear earrings, but I just like, every time I see you on screen, I'm like, damn, she really did that. How do you accessorize? Do you like to shop around? Do you get a wardrobe budget? What's the deal? Yeah, I am so flattered, first of all. <laughs> you know why? Because I do try. I'm not one of those people where it's like effortless just to put together an outfit. Um, but I will say it's getting more and more fun. Uh, mm-hmm. At the beginning, I was like, okay, I, I just need to grab like 20-something dresses. And then um, I do have a stylist. And as time goes on, I don't have to work as closely with her because I can learn stuff. Um, And I also have a cousin who's just great. But it's funny because my stylist pushes me like out of my comfort zone towards more edgy. And my cousin's like, no, you need to turn it down a little bit. So I'm I'm somewhere in between those two. Um, I do have a wardrobe budget. I will say it's um, very modest. and, uh, (laughs) and And I so appreciate it. I appreciate that. I get it. So that's, that's awesome. But um, with the way that I like to dress, it probably uh, would need to be a lot more in order to actually cover it. But you know, I mean, it's, it's great. It's fun. Um, I would like to shop. Uh, I love a good discount. I'm not a paying retail kind of girl, <laughs> especially because it's such a weird world. Um, I know I could wear things again, mm-hmm. but there's so much fashion out there. I don't think yeah. I would. Yeah. I really don't think I would. But um, yeah, so I just, I put stuff together. I love bold colors. I'm not huge into prints, but I like to have a little pop every once in a while. Accessories are actually the hardest thing for me to pick because I'm a very like subdued, uh, classic kind of look more basic kind of look when it comes to accessories that's where I really rely on my stylist she has access all sorts of amazing Houston designers and beyond but I'm I'm pretty partial to my Houston designers except for decision day I like to always try to find um local people to the city that we're filming in and promote whether it's my dress or accessories that they loan me or sometimes gift me which is always so sweet I love to do that for the particular city that we're in but um yeah I'm, I'm one of those people who's like a little you know she a zirconia stud kind of girl or a nice silver hoop but she's like uh-uh <laughs> no you need to put this on and then that's what I get all the comments on oh my gosh your yeah. earrings your necklace do this I'm like yeah I you know she knows what she's doing <laughs> well it really like as somebody who really appreciates fashion it does seem like you're having a lot of fun with the things that you wear and I just continue I um, encourage you to continue on that journey because you look great <laughs> thank you yeah I mean it's it's a lot of fun especially because at home when I'm doing my private practice and virtually you know it's really just a top at this point I have mm-hmm. my pajama pants on so I don't really get to dress up that much and of course we don't go out as much and so yeah I'm getting all of my fashion jollies out on camera good yeah I mean do it for all of us because I'm really looking very bummy right now and I I won't even get into it <laughs> um <laughs> last question I have for my dear friend Christy she would like to know what your skincare routine is and if you were carved for marble like a goddess because she's in love with you <laughs> 
gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm like totally blushing. I can feel it. I'm getting hot. Um, thank you so much, Christy. Is it Christy or Christy? Christy. Christy, you are so sweet. Uh, part of it is genetics. I wasn't one of those people who had a really tough time with like my skin during puberty. So that's gotta be genetics. Uh, and now, you know, I'm approaching 40 and I feel like I've for the past five years or so have really thought about what I need to do to make sure that I'm not in need of a facelift by 45. So <laughs> I, um, I actually have a skin regimen. I go to my dermatologist in Houston, Village Dermatology, and they um, prescribed me, not prescribed me, but kind of wrote up the regimen from SkinCeuticals. But I've recently started up with the JLo Beauty line. Really? Oh my gosh. I really really love it i love the way it feels i love the way it somewhat has a little bit of a smell i'm like j-lo glow kind of person i love that that scent so yeah anything the truth is anything that j-lo does i could probably yeah. benefit from doing myself so <laughs> so yeah I, yeah for sure i'm taking care of my skin and the other thing that i do now like very very religiously is i make sure i wipe off all my makeup at the end of the day there's no like oh let's save this cute eye eye makeup for tomorrow now i gotta get rid of it all and start fresh <laughs> have you done the jlo beauty mask because i heard good things about that i haven't gotten the mask i was one of those like early purchase people who'd got the little duo but i haven't gotten that yet i'll do that next okay i heard it was very very good well thank you so much viviana Tell everybody where they can find you, all of those things. Well, on social media, I'm at Dr. Viviana. And online, my website is drviviana.com. I have online programs for relationship issues. And that's the Dr. Viviana or just drvivianamethod.com. I do have a book that's going to hopefully be ready to go for, um, for the summer or maybe even just a little bit pre-summer. I'm very awesome. excited about that. Can't talk about it just yet, but I can't wait to have that out. And um, there's a lot going on, more TV. I'll have many more op uh, wardrobes options to show <laughs> you and to, and to uh, showcase. I'm really excited about that. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of Married at First Sight action coming up. Awesome, big things to come. Well, thank you again so much. This was a real treat. Oh, you're so sweet. That was a lot of fun. And thanks for letting me share my side of the stories. Yes, it was great. You have a lovely day, and I guess we'll see you on TV. All right. Thanks, Kara. Take care. <laughs> Bye.